Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's going on, guys? It's your boy, Anthony, back with another edition of The Fourth Man. Happy Monday. It's Monday, May 23rd, and happy draft week. It's a big week, obviously, in the big three with the draft coming up this Wednesday. A lot of guys competing for 22 spots for season five, and just going to be a great week. We got a lot on the agenda in terms of what we're doing over here at The Fourth Man, doing some collaborations with uh, other entities out there, with some players, and Excited to see how these teams shape up. It's going to be really interesting. And today's show, we got another great one. I'm going to update you on all the roster transactions, confirm a few more captains, got another confirmation today. And also, we're going to have a dope interview on the back end. So you have an idea of what specific team or one specific team and what they're kind of looking for. They've kind of mentioned it already a little bit um, through some other captains, but got one more captain that you don't typically hear from. Uh, one of uh, the OGs of the big three. So going to get to all the news as well as our interview. But before we do all that, as always, if you're not already following the show on social media, if you're not subscribed to us with the notification bells on on YouTube, now's the time to do so at Fourth Man Pod on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, Facebook is net more necessary this week. Uh, I'll tell you why in a second. Make sure you're subscribed to YouTube, youtube.com slash fourth man pod, more important than ever. And always appreciate our listeners over at Dash Radio on the Nothing But Net channel on Saturday and Mondays. We appreciate you guys as always. The reason why Facebook and YouTube are so critical this week is because we're doing some live streams. So this episode will actually be released the day of. So make sure you're listening on May 24th. The day of, we're going to do, be doing a live stream mock draft. It'll be me and potentially my guy, Jordan Daly, over at Daily Media and the co-host of the Underdogs podcast with Mike Taylor and Craig Smith, a couple of big three guys. Uh, we're going to be doing a mock draft, doing a live mock draft. That should be a lot of fun. We did it last year. I got about two or three right, so definitely some inaccuracies, but it's always fun. I, I like to try to tie the pieces together, the connections together, why it might make sense, and just give you an idea of what I'm thinking. So if you're forming your own mock drafts or just to give you an idea before draft night, uh, you can kind of maybe put some pieces of the puzzle together as well, especially as, like, the draft is actually rolling and guys are actually going to different teams. Like, maybe it'll make more sense as we continue on throughout the draft. So doing the live mock draft on Tuesday. And then Wednesday is the big day, obviously. It's going to be draft night. So you want to be watching the draft. But we could, we're also going to be giving our live reaction and doing a live stream of that on Wednesday, where we'll give some analysis, some breakdowns, and we'll hear from some of the, the co-captains of different teams. We are going to have Dante Green, co-captain of Killer Threes, who called the number one pick last year on our live stream. But we're adding a few more players as well as a draftee within this year's live stream in collaborations with the Underdogs podcast. So, you know, we got to have Mike Taylor, co-captain of Ghost Ballers. We're also going to have Craig Smith, big three vet. Top five scorer in 2019 with enemies. Top five pick last year with ghost ballers. And he'll be 
one of the names that could be called on Wednesday. So we'll have him and get his reaction if he is called, which based on his resume, I think he should. And we'll also have co-captain of Tri-State, Justin Dimman, also last year's runner-up to fourth man of the year on the show as well. So we'll get some reaction, maybe some, some thoughts or ideas of why select teams went with certain players. Um, and that should be really interesting too, because we can get their analysis on different picks as well. And maybe if they think, oh, our team was going to go with that, you know, like just live reactions, it'll be fun. Uh, make sure you have two screens or you're watching our uh, live stream, you know, somewhere else, because obviously we can't broadcast the actual draft on our stream, but we'll be watching alongside you guys as well. And we'll give our, uh, yeah, our live reaction. So make sure you're subscribed because that'll go live on Facebook, on YouTube. It'll go live on Twitter. I'll see who else is willing to put it on or connect our stream to their social medias. But right now, though, on the fourth man Twitter, on the fourth man YouTube, as well as the fourth man Facebook page as well. And I'll announce that on all social medias as well. So big week, not only for the players. Uh, well, let me rephrase. Big week, especially for the players, especially for the 130-plus guys that are in the draft pool. But also big week in terms of content because we want to be able to provide you guys with the best content to follow the big three um, as best as possible. So going to be doing all, all that. Uh, along with this episode. <clears throat> so, excuse me, guys, got a little bit of a scratchy throat. So, worst time to get that. Obviously, I've had all off season to get that. And of course, I get it now. But nonetheless, we're going to power through because that's what we do for the love of the game, right? So, let's get to the news, mostly roster confirmations, really. I guess we could say roster transactions in a couple of areas, but aliens, ghost ballers, bivlac. Three-headed monsters, and today, or as of today, triplets have all confirmed their captains, and in three-headed monsters' case, additional players that they will be heading into Wednesday night's draft with. Let's start with let's start with Bivouac. Okay, so Bivouac announced that Gerald Green will be joining the team as a captain. He will be joining as captain, so there's no debate anymore if it's going to be co-captain or captain. He'll be the captain of the team alongside Will Bynum, who's been the co-captain there since the expansion of Bivlac. And then another name into the fold and who will be the other co-captain will be Ike Diogu. So that's an interesting name there because if you ever listened to the episode that when we had Rashawn McCants on, Rashawn McCants was supposed to have a team back in the day in season three, and he was potentially going to be on one of his teams as a co-captain. He's the captain of the Nigerian basketball team, a guy that's played in the NBA for a long time. Uh, so that's going to be Really fun and interesting addition to the big three. He's a guy that was in the, I think, in the big three draft pool last year and went undrafted. I don't know if he actually went to the combine, so that could have played a stake in the why he went undrafted. But Bivouac has their captain set. Another expansion team that has their captain set is Aliens. And Aliens is looking a lot different this year. None of the previous captains or co-captains will be coming back from Andre Owens, Greg Oden. We know Brandon Rush is over at Three's Company, as well as Shannon Brown. All out of the mix. Still going to return Rick Mahorn as coach. And by the way, I should mention that Bivlac will have Gary Payton leading the way as their coach. I mentioned that on the fourth man social media pages, but big three confirmed Gary Payton to Bivlac, Reggie Diaz, two three-headed monsters. Anyways, back to Aliens. Rick Mahorn will be at the helm for Aliens again as coach. I've already mentioned that Dushan Bullet will be the captain. <clears throat> but 
Jeff did say in one of the Twitter spaces that he was expecting to, or he knew that Dushan Bullet was going to add two international players. It's exactly what he did. Thomas Ivosev, who was his teammate over at uh, Novi Sad and, and FIBA three on three basketball play, will be joining them. Guys, these two dudes won 35 games in a row at one point. They have three or four world world tour titles together. That's going to be really interesting. He's a six seven, six eight big. Got really good vision. He plays really well down low. So I'm interested to see how he competes. Obviously, two guys that play the three on three game, uh, you know, professionally. That's all they play. They don't they don't really play a lot of five v five unless you know they do so on their on their own time. But guys that are focused heavily on three on three and have been teammates, so the chemistry is already there. They're also adding another three on three FIBA player. And Carlos Lasmanis, he will be the other co-captain. Lasmanis is a really interesting name. He's still a young guy, 28 years old. He was the top scorer in the Olympics 2020 games and uh, won a gold medal with Latvia at the 2020 Tokyo Games in the first ever men's three and three basketball games. So that's a really interesting name as well. Guys that are dedicating their basketball careers to the three on three game, understand the angles, situations they'll have a lot of chemistry uh and we saw what Dushan Bullet brought to the table last year in his first year with power so very very intrigued about what aliens going to bring to the table very intrigued who they're going to draft as well and under like I'm trying to figure out what the dynamic is going to be between those three guys and Rick Mahorn I think it could be a fun one actually um there's been a lot of people questioning like oh are they gonna be able to talk to you like guys all those dudes on Aliens speak English. They probably speak multiple different languages. That's one thing about guys overseas is that those guys can speak more languages uh, very well, including English, whereas we can only usually speak one, maybe two for lucky, a half language. So shouldn't be any issues there. I think that actually be a fun dynamic. I'm more interested to see who they're going to draft. If they have any tricks up their sleeves, maybe Rick Mahorn has his eye on somebody. Maybe Dushan wants to bring somebody over from power. We shall see. I'll let you guys know in the mock draft as well. Moving on to another expansion team who today announced their captains or confirmed their captains. Triplets will be bringing back two-time MVP Joe Johnson, as well as co-captain Gennaro Pargo. With a little bit of a different twist, Al Jefferson will not be the co-captain with Triplets this year. Instead, they've added Jeremy Pargo, brother of Gennaro, as the other co-captain. Super solid move for them. That's now an already lethal offense, just became that much more lethal. I hope Pargo gets a full workload this year. Uh, you know, he came on late with power in 2019. Didn't get to play the full season last year with Three's Company after being a first-round pick for them last year. He's been really good when he plays it, like scary good. So him, Joe, his brother Gennaro, they're, you know, just from the outside looking, it looks like they're already great friends, probably got great chemistry. That's going to be a really fun team. It looks like right away – my thought process was like they'll probably want to bring back one of Allen Anderson or Jamario Moon. I'm gonna guess Allen Anderson more so because I think Jamario. I don't know. I mean, I guess Allen Anderson could go before him, but I, I kind of think Jamario Moon might go earlier, uh, being a former first round pick. But all that being said, uh, it looked like early on one of those guys would be their first pick. Now looking like they might go try to grab a big like they did back in 2019 during their first year in the league when they got Chris Johnson. <clears throat> excuse me. So I think that's the route they're going to go. I think they're going to end up trying to go for a big, but wow, what an addition adding Jeremy Pardo to the mix as a co-captain and even more so on the flip side, 
taking away Jeremy Pargo as a potential draft candidate within the pool makes our lives easier for the guys, for us that are doing the mock drafts and trying to predict these different draft picks because he was definitely going to go somewhere. But what a, you know, for guys that were scouting who they were wanting to go with, maybe makes their lives easier because now they know he's off the market, but what an addition he would have been to any team. He was really good with three's company last year and potentially maybe he's the guy to break the four point record. He had five four pointers in the first two games. Mind you, the record is six, five in the first two games, third game. He didn't have any and then didn't play the rest of the season. So keep an eye on that. We'll see a lot of guys probably shooting four pointers this year. Let's see. We got ghost followers and three headed monsters. They will look pretty similar, if not exactly similar and similar in terms of their captains. Ghost followers is going to bring back Ricky Davis as the captain. Mike Taylor and Chris Johnson will return as co-captains with George Gervin, the Iceman, as their coach. And on the other side of that, I, I guess I should mention too that triplets will be bringing it back Lisa Leslie if that wasn't already very well known and obvious. She'll be back as head coach there. So ghost ballers looking the same in terms of captains and coach. And the three-headed monsters will look the same in terms of captains with Rashard Lewis returning again for his fifth season as the captain of three-headed monsters. Reggie Evans and Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf will return as co-captains of three-headed monsters. They'll also bring back their first-round pick, Kevin Murphy, who was a co-rookie and be uh, co-rookie of the year alongside Jerry Jeff last year into the fold. They had that, they had that option being one of the runner-ups. They could either return both their draft picks to the pool, keep one or keep both didn't matter. They decided to return uh, Mamadou Njai and then keep Kevin Murphy. The only difference in three-headed monsters is like I mentioned before, Reggie Theus will be at the helm with three-headed monsters this year rather than Gary Payton. So that'll be interesting seeing three-headed monsters playing bivouac and three of the monsters and Gary Payton going against each other because Gary Payton's been on that squad for so long. So very interesting. Those are all the roster transactions or captain confirmations we have for now. We're still missing power, enemies, and tri-state. We do know that power is going to be bringing back Tina Mobley and Royce White based off what Nancy Lieberman said, as well as her as a coach. Enemies, it's looking like Gilbert Arenas is returning as captain and looking like Splag or I'm sorry, Gilbert Arenas returning as head coach with Nick Young returning as captain. They did announce Isaiah Austin's going to be the other co-captain. So <clears throat> I guess we'll stay tuned to see who will be opposite Isaiah Austin. If it'll be Perry Jones, Elijah Stewart, those are two guys that are playing overseas right now. So we'll see what happens there. And then in terms of tri-state, we know Justin Demon's going to be a co-captain. Based on their advertising, it looks like Jason Richardson's going to return in some capacity. Here's what I'm saying right now, and, and Larry Sanders too. My thought process right now is that Nate won't be returning. Nate Robinson won't be returning. Dr. J will be returning as head coach of Tri-State. And then Jason Richardson's going to be the captain. Larry Sanders was the co-captain. And Justin Demon, the other co-captain. That's my thought process. Again, I'm just trying to read the room. I'm just trying to connect the dots here. and. We'll see if I did a good job of that. Uh, feel like I've been in the space long enough to, to be able to try to connect those dots. But hey, the fun thing about the big three, it always throws me some curveballs. And I love to be totally off and totally wrong because that means something more exciting has been being cooked up in the back end. So fun to be on this side. 
So we'll wait and see for those. I'm assuming those will be announced before the draft. So we at least have an understanding of where every team sits before they actually head into making their selections. But that's all the news we currently have out at the moment. The draft order is out. The draft will be Wednesday, May 25th, starting at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. I don't know where exactly the stream is going to be. If I had to guess, it might be on CBS. Last year, they had it on Triller. I don't know if they re-up with them or not. Right now, my guess is it's going to be on CBS because they're having it a little bit earlier. So maybe they have that flexibility or availability in terms of time slots. But we shall see. So that's going to do it in terms of this half of the episode. On the back end of this, we got a dope interview with newly appointed co-captain of Ball Hogs, Will McDonald, talking about the Ball's current state, talking about the Ball Hogs past, what they're looking for within the draft, why he likes the big three, his relationship with different players within the Ball Hogs organization in terms of Barbosa and Jody Meeks. So a really dope interview, a guy that we don't really hear from a lot. He's a very private guy, uh, you know, and doesn't like people up in his, within his business, which is totally understandable. Totally get that. But I really appreciated him giving us his perspective on the league and why he likes the league so much. And it's cool because now he's a co-captain, super underrated guy. Like he's been in the league since 2019. He was drafted number four overall in 2019. Top five. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Number five overall, 2019. Last year, he was the number four pick going back to ball hogs. They want to let him go. And 2019, when they only had one win, was really, like really dominant, like really strong presence within the paint. I think his second game, he had like 27 points. Uh, right out the gates against enemies um, and still took a tough L, but it just shows you the kind of presence he had. And then last year, his role changed a little bit with new guys coming in, but really fit that system well and looking to build off that. So really appreciate everyone who tuned into this part of the episode. Again, make sure you're following on social media at Fourth Man Pod, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, subscribing and hitting that notification bell on YouTube, youtube.com slash Fourth Man Pod. And we appreciate everyone at Dash Radio and the Nothing But Net channel listening every Monday and Saturday. Without further ado, let's get to our interview with Ballhawks co-captain, Will McDonald. Today, we're super excited to bring on newly appointed Ballhawks co-captain, Will McDonald. Really appreciate you taking the time, man. Uh, guy that I don't think we hear enough about, and I don't think you get a lot of the credit you deserve, so I'm excited to chat with you, kind of hear about your big three journey and your expectations for the season. But thanks for taking the time today. No problem, bro. Appreciate appreciate you having me on here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, so, like I mentioned, or kind of preface, you know, you for the most part, I feel like you know you're someone that goes under the radar or flies under the radar. Uh, you know, relatively uh, private, which is uh, um, obviously totally fair, completely fine. But like I said, I, I think there's a lot of uh, respect that you don't get and that you deserve. So, for our listeners new and old as you know the Bahamas community continues to grow give me one word that would describe your game and and why uh, wow one word one word is i don't know efficient <laughs> i like it i like it efficient but um i mean like one of the last big men who still have old school big man you know and I feel like I don't rely on athleticism anymore. When I don't get me wrong, when I was younger, 
That's, <laughs> that used to be my thing. I was a dunker, uh, you know, but I still also was skilled. But now at this point in my life, I'm not a big dunker anymore. I don't care about dunking. I just care about getting those two points. So I'd rather learn how to have a soft left hand and a soft right hand and learn how to put the basket in the ball the easier way, you know? Yeah, no, 100%. I think you've shown that effectiveness, that efficientness within the league throughout, uh, you know, your first few years in the league. Um, and something I find that's really uh, interesting about kind of where you're at in your career right now is that you've played a lot of ball, um, you know, especially overseas. You've always, uh, you know, been an efficient scorer. But for, for you, you've kind of, like, here as of later in your career, you've played in a couple different summer leagues. So, you know, you won the TBT, playing with overseas elite. What was that experience like playing within the TBT and overseas elite? And essentially now you've kind of adjusted to your career career to your main focus of basketball being within the summer. So how has that adjustment been where your main season is like summertime basketball? It's a big, it's an adjustment, but it's a perfect adjustment for me and my family because I played 19 years in Europe and Europe and Asia. So that adjustment been gone that long and family can't travel with us all the time and being gone nine, 10 months out of the year to be able to come back home and play in a summer in front of all the family that couldn't see me play those 19 years in Spain, China, the Philippines, Japan, all these places, that feeling is amazing. There's no feeling like that. And when I tell you um, something as small as, as like money, the, the money, the money has nothing to do with this situation because for sure I made 10 times more in one season playing in Europe than I do in the big three. Mm-hmm. But no feeling is bigger for me than playing in a big three than I have since I played in Europe. You know what I'm saying? Just for the simple fact that my family gets to see me on television. It gets to see all the stuff they heard of since they haven't played since college. So, yeah, that, like playing in a big, it's, it's, it's a different for a person like me. You know, I, I don't know. It's like I said, it's a, uh, so, so I got in with, with Josh Childress because he was my teammate actually in Japan before I came to um, the big three. Oh, cool. And Josh Childress introduced me, you know, to guys and he played with me all season. So when the combine came, Josh was like, hey, I want you guys to watch him. And I actually went to the combine and I kicked ass. That's what I did. So I was like, at that point, it was kind of undeniable. But <laughs> if you can ask Josh, you can ask Josh today. Like I told Josh, Josh was like, hey, we want you when the draft comes, we want you, blah, blah, blah. I said, cool, Josh. I said, but let me tell you, like one of the biggest things, the worst things that ever happened to me was when I was supposed to get drafted in the NBA by two teams, <laughs> not going to say their name. When I was supposed to get drafted, but I told I had these two picks and I didn't get it. And I had a big old draft party and all my family was there. That was the worst feeling ever. So I think I carried that over until my career when I went to play in Europe and that created a monster. Hmm. But at the end of my career, again, another draft comes along and I tell Josh, I say, Josh, to be honest, bro, this is, this is, Again, I'm at that feeling where I was a long time ago, bro. 
Mm-hmm. I was like, I want to know for sure am I going to get drafted. If I'm not going to get drafted, bro, because I understand I'm the only player in here that didn't play in the NBA and blah, blah, blah. I was like, I just need to know for sure. I said, you tell me for sure, bro, I'll be okay. Man, that was the most nervous time ever. <laughs> when they called my name for that big three draft, that was the best feeling I had in basketball since I played basketball. Man, that's like all around like a, a dope story. I got to be a dope feeling, like you said. Like, I think a lot of people like within the big three, you know, really do appreciate like the draft aspect. Especially there's some guys in the league that like 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 you said didn't get the opportunity to celebrate draft night within the NBA or within another league. And I think a lot of people that maybe from the outside looking in. Uh, Take it like, you know, don't appreciate as much like the draft because there's like limited picks, but like there's so much that goes into it. Like outside of what you just said, not only is it like a good feeling to get drafted or have the opportunity maybe that you didn't have before, but like maybe some guys go higher. Um, Maybe, maybe, you know, there's 20, 22 picks within the draft. Like the year you were drafted, there was like 30, but like that's like a very limited number of spots. So like even better feeling because it's like I outplayed all these 150, 200 people and got drafted top five like you did. So uh, that's incredible. And also, like, another aspect of that that's super cool is uh, Josh Childress, one one of the OGs of the big three. But, two, like, to see the influence of a co-captain so strongly. Because a lot of co-captains, especially, I think, coming into this season, it's more so strategic, right? Like, you're adding someone so you can get them out of the big three or you can get them out of the uh, the draft pool, excuse me, Um Maybe what ball hogs did with you at this point, but to see the influence of a, a co-captain is really cool. Um, I want to talk about your combine experience within 2019 um, a little bit, because I think 2019, especially maybe for like the average fan who knows a lot of the bigger names or like more prominent names out there, I guess you should say, but doesn't necessarily know the guys that are still really good at basketball can can really hoop like that. Talk to me about like your 2019 like combine experience and what that was like. For me, and I wish, you know, okay, like in general, I feel like I always took the long, the hard role in basketball, mm-hmm. but I feel like more players should have to take the hard role because that's the role that creates something great. Mm-hmm. So for me, like going into the combine, I was in there with guys I don't know. I knew maybe five guys, and that was from playing overseas. Mm-hmm. I've seen them overseas, you know. The rest of the guys I didn't know personally. I just maybe know from seeing on TV or something like that. So going into that was a great feeling. I wasn't going in there with a bunch of handshakes, smiles, you know. I went in there for business, and I went in there for a job. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's what made it easier i think a lot of these guys they know each other you know they come in there they're smiling at each other and ha 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 but you got to have that edge on your shoulder in a, in a situation like a combine because a combine yeah. is you see how many jerseys the same colors <laughs> jerseys and all these guys it's not that many balls man these guys are out there fighting and i went out there fighting with a chip on my shoulder you know and that's what that's what got me there, bro. And that 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 experience though was it it was great. It was great for me, like I said, because I went in there with no expectations. I went in there knowing nothing and just understanding that I have to go in here and show my ass, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and you certainly did so. Obviously, um, 
Josh picked you, but I think or, uh, Josh mentioned that teams should be looking at you, but obviously the rest of the team agreed that you were perfect fit for ball hogs. You went number five to ball hogs and got that assurance. So I'm sure you gained a little bit of trust again in the draft process. But I got to say, like, right from the start, like you had a great week one, obviously. But when, at least for me personally, when I felt like I paid more attention or you stuck out with that week two game, you dropped like 27 on enemies. Like you said, very efficient. Was there any kind of adjustment for you or do you feel like you were more comfortable in, in that three on three setting, just like with where you are in your career and your style of play now? It's, it's that, that, like you said, that three setting is perfect for my style of play. So it's, you know, like I said, I've been playing with in Europe for so long so, and then high level Europe, Euro League. So I've been a whole bunch of guys that think the game first, you know what I'm saying? The guys mm -hmm. that can play with their mind before they can play physically. So playing the big three was. And. What really the, the crazy part, uh, I want to say the unfortunate part, but the part that helped me was a lot of the guys that was above me that people knew started out with injuries early off in the season. Mm -hmm. And because of those injuries are the real, the real reason why I got to get some, you know, some daylight, some shine. And once I got some daylight, then I just kept my foot on the gas and kept going from there. You know? Yeah. You, I mean, you killed it that first season. Um, unfortunately, like ball hogs, it's just been like a tough go about, like, you know, through the first few few years. Um, in 2019, that was a tough season. But you guys got to play spoiler to Bivlac, kicked him out of the playoffs. What was, uh, you know, that had to be a good one to get, right? Like, to, you know, cap off that first season. That was, that was a great one for me, for, for me and the team. We needed that. We needed to win. Like, I know those guys wanted to win because they wanted to get to the playoffs. You know, we all talked before, and they were like, hey, man, let us win the game, you know, you know joking, because nobody's going to let you win. But, it, but, you know, it comes up. But, nah, man, we went out there, and we was like, we need a win. We need a win somehow and go out like this. So, y'all just going to have to suffer, you know. <laughs> all right, so Skylar bringing his, uh, his strategy, bro, and we just from there and took off. Yeah, it's funny, too, because, um, well, maybe not so funny for them, but, like, they haven't won since then if you think about it like uh, that that organization they uh they had a tough season in 2021 and uh yeah so uh maybe you know you kind of curse them with that 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 final win to kick him out of the playoffs we had the, the old, we had to pass the old ball hall curse off somebody <laughs> <laughs> yeah and what i really love about ball hawks now is obviously there's a uh, kind of a change of the guard Obviously, you've seen improvement every year, but 2021 was a whole different season. Um, we actually spoke with Rick Barry on our show, I think, during the 2020 season. And he said that he was in contact with you, uh, you know, kind of throughout that year. What's your relationship been like with, with Coach Barry um, as you've gotten to know him a little bit more and, and playing with him? Well, with, with, with Rick and the whole team, like, we've had a great relationship off the court, you know, after – after basketball, we still talk. You know, we still send each other greetings, but they greetings. We we interested in some of the same things. You know, like Coach Rick the fish, and I like the fish. You know, oh, so no. we, we 
I ask him, I call him, I ask him good places and, you know, things like that. And a lot of times when we talk, when us guys talk, man, it's not even about basketball. That's like cool. I call, I, mean, I call, I might call um, Leandro. I call him so much, he might get tired, you know? He's like, well, <laughs> we talk all the time. You know, we always talk about stuff. We talk about him playing in practice with the guys because, he practiced with the guys every day and he yeah. still kicks butt in practice with the Warriors. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. because he wants to play, he still wants to play. He wants to play at that level. So he talk about things like that. And me and my, me and my man, Jody Meeks, I, I met Jody. Um, I met Jody way back. I want to say in 2009, in the NBA okay. summer league. Okay. And, and Milwaukee. And that was a long time. For me. <laughs> and that was the last time I seen him. The, the last time I seen him, or you know, heard I didn't. I don't watch the NBA. I don't watch the NBA now. I really didn't. I didn't watch the NBA then. Um, so that was like the last time I like heard him. Then I seen him once we played together last year, and we kind of clicked. And he was like, Jody even told Joe's like, you don't remember me at the combine? And then I started thinking it back. I mean, the summer league. He was like, started thinking it back, and he was like. Oh, dip. And then out of that, man, me and him became really tight. Like my bro right there. Man, me and Jody, uh, he'll be my he'll be my brother long after him and Leandro will be my brother long after big three, bro. Man, that's dope. That that's super cool to see y'all clicking. And now you now the three of y'all are uh your captains now, you know, you're uh, taking over after Shalabrini was at the helm for a while, Josh Childress, you know, helped lay that foundation. Um, and we saw, you know, even with Scalabrini last year, we saw a lot of growth last summer. Obviously, they wanted you back, so they drafted you uh, number four. Um, so you got to be drafted twice in the top five. And a lot of growth last summer. You played a big part in that. Um, you know, you guys bring in some dynamic players like Barbosa, uh, like Jody Meeks. And the flow of the offense just looked it looked seamless. Good pace. Ran like a well-oiled machine. Um, what did you – Three say something too about that situation because named a lot of people. Last person I didn't name was Scott Breen because Joshua told Scott to look at me. Mm-hmm. Ever since Scott looked at me, made the decision, Scott has been the the muscle brains behind me being in the big three. Because oh wow! Scott saw something in me. Yeah, Scott saw something in me that. Not only that he liked is that when he wasn't a part of it, Scott, you know, contacts him was like, he, I'm telling you, you keep, he's the player that needs to be around. And that for like me and Scott Brini, like relationship is for me is a little different. It's a more emotional because I feel like he put, he was the real reason he put a lot. He put a situation great for me and my family, if I can say that. Man, that's awesome. Yeah, he seems like a, a good dude. Man, that's really cool. Um, so you got you got to make him proud this year. No, you're good. You got to got to make Scal proud this year. Uh, take the Mohawks to the playoffs. And um, I think a lot of that starts with like just how Coach Barry has kind of like structured how he wants to play. Um, you know, the in terms of like the flow of the offense. Uh, is that like? Last year, we saw a lot of that. Uh, it worked really well, obviously. You guys had a lot of close games, 
one more games, but like, is that always how you guys kind of envision the offense as uh, you guys like talk off the court? I mean, I, I know it's not a lot of basketball conversations, but. So, so yeah, my first year in it, we had to go by the same principles that Skyler and uh, Rick wanted, but it just didn't work. It didn't work with that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And we started off with team basketball, but a lot of things ended up one-on-one. And that's not our model. That's not what we're going to do in the big three. We are trying to have a group of guys that can play. So that's why this year the record even showed that we were able to play a little better with this group of guys the way that Rick Barry want us to play. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, that's – like you can see it. Everybody can see it. We make a lot of passes. We have a lot of movement. You know what I'm saying? We had a lot of assists. It may look like uh, Barbosa is taking all odds or something, but in actuality, he's not. He's getting open. We are creating for him, you know? Yeah. We are creating somebody else. And that's, as you can see, like, role change from the first. And I'm okay with that. From the first season, I was averaging. I was top scorer, top rebounder. Mm-hmm. Then this season, you know, it goes down because I have a player that, that can score better than I can. So <laughs> sometimes you go, you know, you have to take it. That's that's the best thing about our group that we can switch up like that. Some nights I may have a game. Some night Jody may have a good game. Some nights Leandro may have a good game. So we have a we have a well round. Yeah, I think that was very evident too within this past year, and it. it even made more sense why both you and Jody were promoted to co-captain um, after they decided that, um, or Brian decided, you know, kind of mutually that he wasn't going to come back. So you got the right pieces in place in terms of captains. First off, I didn't say this at the top, but congratulations on being promoted to co-captain. Um, no longer have to go through the draft process, but you help with the draft process now. You got the right captains, the right style of play. What are your expectations for the draft? Are there any players you personally like that are in the draft pool? Uh, nope. I'm not going to say no names or no personal players. Okay. That I like, but, but put it this This draft this year was better than most drafts. This The combine, the choice of it's, it's getting the ball is getting better and better and better. So that being said, I can tell you what kind of player we're looking for. We're mm-hmm. looking for uh, athletic, big, you know, offsets that's going to get out there, rim protector, do all the things that a young athletic big should do. You know, that's what we're looking for there. And then we're also looking for a big guard. We don't want a little mm. big guard. We want a guard that can play all, that can come in and play all positions. We want a guard that can come in and replace me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. I like that. That would be a good fit for you guys. But I guess someone, too, that's like just like fits in well with the culture you guys are building at Ball Hogs, too. Yes. And with that, with, with that, you know, we, we need some guys that have some experience and some good experience playing somewhere where they had to be playing in an environment where you had to play with other guys, basically. <laughs> it wasn't mm-hmm. a one-man show. You had to play team <laughs> basketball. And that's the, kind of guys, that's the kind of guys we were looking for. Yeah. Um, that gives me a good idea. I'm, I'm excited to see who you guys go for in the draft. But 
for you guys, like obviously championship is always going to be the goal, but with this ball Hawks team, there's been a lot of improvement year over year. What would be in, in, in your eyes, you know, like, what would you consider a successful season? Successful for us is, I would say winning more games than we did last season, but successful for us is making the playoffs. We mm -hmm. make the playoffs and then we take success and we build on that and we try to get to uh, a championship. I mean, a championship should be everybody's goal. For sure. Realistically, in our situation, you know, from the ball hall's history of all these seasons, all this year is the playoffs for sure. That's where we're trying it and that's our main focus. I like it. I, I, I think you guys really do have a realistic shot, but like you said, like league is just getting better every year after year. Um, it's definitely going to be a grind. Heard from a, a few other guys too with that same thing about it's going to be a, one of the most competitive seasons. So I'm excited to see how you guys uh, stack up and who you guys draft and add to the team. A uh, couple more questions I wanted to ask. I wanted to ask you, because I think I asked this a lot before, it was actually implemented, but in terms of the bring the fire rule, what are your thoughts around that? How did you, how did you like it after one season of it? That's cool. It's, it's new. It's different. That's what makes, that's what makes the big group. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's something different. We have to be different from everybody. And that's one of those situations that helped a lot this year and the right people to coaches. It's a coach. It's a strategy. Coaches use it at the right moment. Yeah. Use it in the right situation. I, I remember one of my brain the fires. I looked terrible out trying to play one on one against the guard. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm sure it's like a big spotlight too. Just uh, go, you know, spotlight's on you to make a play out there, whether you're offensively or defensively. So I, I, I like the strategic aspect of it. Like you said, I feel like, especially for someone like Coach Barry, he's going to use that like advantageously when he can. Um, Last thing I want to ask, I know the, the league is obviously shifting to where teams are all owned by the league now. Like they have majority stakeholders and, and I guess like owners in a sense. But what I really like about it is now like it's not just fans of the league, but now we have fans of teams where you're building like stronger fan bases, guys backing you. Um, what are kind of your thoughts about just like, you know, the increased fan base around ball hogs and just you know, the majority owners and, you know, how, how do you feel like that will affect you guys with, with on the team? Everything that they're doing is coming from a place where someone has done it already. That's, that's mm -hmm. how the NBA started and got big. You know what I'm saying? That's how everything started. So I think the big three, and I think his strategy, all that with the fan base, the ownership, all that is a great step forward. And it's a great step for even guys like us to even, we can invest back into the league, and that's really good for guys yeah. who have the time, the money to back in the league because it's going to be something great for years to come. Yeah, and I, it's cool too. I've been talking with a few of the uh, communities out there and what they want to do for their respective teams and try to help out in any way, um, just provide some sort of level of service uh, to ultimately help you guys like win and just you know better yourselves. It's been pretty cool. I was talking to. A, a few guys yesterday from the ball hawk side and there's like guys out there like wanting to help you guys like get like shoe deals and uh bring out some more merchandise and stuff so you know i think that would be pretty cool we'll see where we'll see what happens 
that's going to, bro, if for years to come, like I say, uh, say I give it five years, bro. It's going to be one of the biggest things. It's yeah. steady growing. It's, it's, it's only going, I see all positive stuff with the big three. I just hope that I'm a part of the big three in some way, shape, or form from here on out until I'm finished, you know. If it's on the court or off the court, I just, I like the whole idea of the big three, so. Man, I'm, I'm completely on the same boat there uh, with both like you being a part of the league in any shape or fashion, but also to, I think the league's, you know, it's going to be around for my entire lifetime and it, it's just continuously growing. So that's cool to hear that uh, you think that as well. Right. But, uh, well, wrap it up here. You know, I, I want to say I appreciate your time. Uh, really enjoyed like getting to talk to you and, and hearing about your insight and perspective on the league and just want to say best of luck to you guys. Keep grinding out there until the summer and uh, excited to see you guys uh, get on draft night, but also too excited to see you guys uh, ball out this season. Best of luck to you and ball hogs. Thank you, man. Thank you. Appreciate you having me on here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. That was our interview with Will McDonald. Just want to say we again we really appreciate his time and very intriguing perspective in terms of like you know why he enjoys the league and, and playing on ball hawks team is that that is on the rise so excited to see who they draft and excited to see if they're a you know potential playoff team this year but it's really cool that he likes wants to be so involved with the league and just you know you know his kind of what he's where, you know, his mark on the league has been has been really cool, too. Uh, and being able to do so, like, without, you know, necessarily needing, like, social media or, like, being, like, super, like, vocal about it, I guess, to, like, the, the public, right? He's probably more vocal to it about those closest to him and whatever. But just really cool to hear his perspective. Not a guy we get to hear from a lot. And I just want to say, again, Will McDonald, appreciate you, bro. Thanks for coming on. Again, make sure you guys are following on social media at Fourth Man Pod subscribing on YouTube and appreciate everyone on Dash Radio and the Nothing But Net channel. Don't forget live mock draft Tuesday, May, May 24th. Yes. Tuesday, May 24th. Uh, we'll start at 7 PM Eastern, 4 PM Pacific. And then Wednesday full live stream, the 2022 big three draft Wednesday, May 25th. That starts at 8 PM Eastern. And we'll have everybody from my guy, Jordan, uh, Jeff Key from the NBA G League and the founder of G League TV. He was on last year and always, uh, always just a great mind to have on because he has so much knowledge and knows so many different players within the space. So always another valuable person to have on and just a fun guy to have on as well. He was on the show last year, as well as a lot of special appearances from Dante Green, Mike Taylor, Craig Smith, and Justin Dittman as a production in collaboration with the Underdogs podcast. So. Just want to say appreciate everyone again, and we'll see you guys next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.